you have entered the Muni Matrix. Please welcome your hosts, Matthew Gerstenfeld and Michael Lieberman, co-founders of MuniChain. Welcome to the eighth episode of the Muni Matrix. Today we are joined by Abhishek Loda, Director of Strategy and Innovation at AG Analytics, a new fintech subsidiary of Assured Guarantee. But before we dive in, first a quick disclaimer. The Muni Matrix is for informational purposes only. Any opinions expressed on this episode should not be relied upon for investment purposes. Your use of the information is at your sole risk. Hello, Abhishek. Thank you for joining us today. How's everything going on the West Coast? It's good. You know, we've uh, we did not get as much rain as we expected here in downtown Los Angeles, so. Uh, I'm feeling better about that. But yeah, there was a little bit of shakiness with the, with the earthquake, but all good on my side. Thank you for asking. Wonderful. Well, I'm glad you're okay. And I hope uh, nothing too bad happened by you. So figured we'd just get a quick introduction on your side. I know you've been in the market for quite some time now, very much geared towards technology and actually witnessing positive change throughout the market. Can you walk our audience through your background a bit? Sure. Um, so, uh, hi, I'm Abhishek Loda, as, uh, as some of you may know me. Um, I'm the Director of Strategy and Innovation at uh, a new subsidiary launched by Shared Guarantee called AG Analytics. Um, but a lot of my background has been in, in munis, um, yeah, like, like all of us, right? I, I don't think I ever grew up <laughs> thinking that I'd be in munis. Um, but uh, one of my first jobs out of grad school was... Uh, um, being um, a research analyst for an advisory shop in New York, um, quickly realized there are a lot of opportunities in technology and, and somehow pivoted and, and got between this intersection of muni credit and technology and found myself being a product strategist and product manager for a long time. Um, and now it assured a lot of this focus has turned into a new software company that we're launching uh, to really help empower research analysts and build better products for them. Wonderful. Now, I know you've covered different aspects of the market from a technology perspective, but what exactly inspired you to focus on the intersection of technology and municipal bond credits? That's a that's a great question. Going deep uh, directly, Matt. Um, um, I think it it comes down to you know my my first job as uh, as the research analyst and 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 my background in engineering. So uh, um, you know I came to the U.S. found finance very interesting, but um, but came from a mechanical engineering background, and a lot of this focus was around you know, building better systems, right? That was always part of that that psyche. Um, and when I started as a research analyst at this advisory shop, one of the first problems I came across was why am I spending so much time collecting data, right? Um, it was it was these moments where you wonder, you're collecting, you're spending more time collecting data than actually analyzing it. Um, and that really drove this like journey towards like making sure we can build better systems and technologies to help alleviate that pain and, and empower the analysts to be able to cover five or 10,000 credits um, by, by myself, really. Um, and soon that turned into product management and building the right tools. So muni credit analysis is, is one of those last areas, I feel, where technology is not serving the ma- market as much as it should, and there's a lot of room for improvement. Now, from your understanding, right, various firms 
are adopting newer forms of technology. And from what we've been hearing, they have to do a lot more with a lot less. Mm -hmm. So overall, what is the timeline looking for general adoption throughout the market for this particular aspect in which you're focusing on? Huh. I think it's 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 an ongoing thing, right? Um, you know, there. If if you think about credit analysis, it's just like how the market is fragmented. So is is credit analysis, right? There are different pockets of analysis that happen at different levels across the entire market. Um, so adoption is coming. I think one of the biggest macro level drivers that I've seen is the the, the discussion around technology has become more and more ingrained in our market, right? We've you know, we've been on panels, we've been at conferences where there are more muni tech firms like yourself as well, right, who are part of uh, part of the conversation, who are coming to the table, providing better solutions and workflow tools. So there's been a huge cultural shift. Um, I think we are definitely um, not completely there yet. We will continue improving. Um, that's really a big part of what's driving adoption. Um, um, the second is easier engineering and programming in general, right? Um, I, I keep uh, I keep joking with some of the interns and analysts uh, in that I come across as, you know, start learning Python because it's easy. Um, cost of data and cloud has gone down tremendously. There's a bigger level playing field and you should be able to um, build better tools that help you in your job um, much faster. Um, and beyond that, I think the other macroeconomic factor that uh, we all have seen recently is, uh, um, you know, with algo trading, electronic execution, separately managed accounts, and the SMA business scaling up, and 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 denominations and and account minimums reducing significantly, um, credit analysis has to pick up, you know, by those standards, um, and and there's a lot of room for adoption out there as well. So I want to start talking a little bit more about, like, historically speaking, how mm -hmm. have municipal, municipal bonds traditionally been evaluated in terms of credit risk? And then what do you view as some of the challenges associated with that approach? Yeah, that's that's the big one, right? Um, credit analysis, as you all know, um, plays a, a really large function in any asset management team, right? You'd have a portfolio manager, a trader, but you'd have two or maybe three analysts, and sometimes there's a bigger team at, at larger asset managers because the focus has to be by sector, by state. There's so many nuances to that, right? So fundamentally, as an analyst, your focus is, number one is issuer or the obligor, right? Focusing on the financial health, the credit health of um, the entity itself. You focus on the legal structure of the issuance, um, understanding the covenants, um, um, is is absolutely critical. Then you focus on the service data and its demographics. So you start looking at census data or BLS, Bureau of Labor Statistics data, understanding whether that community is, is growing or deteriorating. And then you focus on other aspects of operational performance, relative value, non-quantitative metrics, news. So I think like threading that needle, like as, as I'm speaking, right, you can see there's so many different sources of information that you have to deal with. Um, and that really causes what we call swiveling, right? You're jumping from one source to another just to get the information that you need before you can actually come to an inference or, or get the time to make a decision. So uh, broad strokes, I'd say the challenges for 
credit analysis has been threefold. The way I try to see it every time is number one is data, right? Information generation is key. There are plenty of sources of data today that we know of, right? And uh, one of the one of the things I, I, I'm like a broken record when I say it is data is available. That's not the issue. Um, it isn't easily accessible today, right? And that's what we want to solve for. It's either stuck in PDF documents or it's in different sources, as I mentioned, and it requires analysts jumping back and forth between all of these sources. So can we create a better way to centralize this information and create this universal knowledge graph for an analyst? So that's really the first bucket. The second is analytics, right? So uh, not all credits are the same. We have you know different nuances by sector, by state, accounting rules are different. Um, but then there's still overlap in terms of standardizing this analysis. As an analyst, you follow in, in Muni market, you are probably following multiple folds, sometimes 10 times the number of credits um, corporate analyst does, right? Just by the function of the number of issuers we have in our market. Being able to standardize my analysis and having those tools um, to provide that scalable solution is lacking today. And there's huge value out there. And the number three category, um, which is generally overlooked, right, is, is workflow. So we all have our own processes. And this is something that you as MuniChain focus on a lot as well, right? Um, it's, it's not just about information aggregation, but it's about helping efficient decision-making, right? And every, every asset management firm that I've spoken to has their own decision tree and triaging process to go through thousands of credits. And it's... In a lot of cases, it's a struggle, right? Because you're doing a lot of these manual tasks outside of a particular system, and uh, that leads to a lot of pain. Um, and, and we all know, right? At the end of the day, munis, in, as an asset class in most investment firms, does not get the same technological attention that uh, other asset classes um, are given, just you know, either based on the risk return profile of uh, the, the asset class or, or the fragmented nature and thousands of credits. But those are exactly the reasons I believe that technology can play a huge role in, in making this more efficient. Happy you brought up the organizational aspects. You know, we've been speaking with all types of firms and what we hear is management is very much focused on not only generating efficiency, but being able to make informed decisions with a lower amount of time involved. Uh, speaking of making solid decisions, I wanted to bring up not only the FDTA, but the role of artificial intelligence in the FDTA. How does this roll into Muni Credit? And what are you thinking about in the next couple of years as this gets solved? Yeah, um, yeah, it's both the hot topics of the industry today, right? Um, the Financial Data Transparency Act and uh, what role does AI play in our market? I think there, there, are, there are definitely... Um, complementary um, you know, overlaps that we're seeing between the two. Um, how FTTA plays out in terms of outcomes is still to be seen. Um, as, as an analyst and a technologist, I think the big focus I've had is um, digitization of data, right? There's a lot of data stuck in PDFs today. How can we digitize and structure that in an efficient way? Um, and as FTTA kind of plays out, a big part of that is um, we all know it's not a one-size-fits-all as a solution, right? Uh, the timelines are extremely challenging at this point in terms of implementation, but there are ways that um, technology can help. And, uh, um, you know, data scraping, as you said, so uh, 
you know, uh, data scraping is a big part of uh, um, automation that can help in this market. A lot of folks have seen challenges where um, because accounting rules are different between different states or by sector, as I mentioned earlier, data scraping technology, right, where you basically take, you know, for lack of a better word, a Python library, which scrapes a PDF document and creates financial data out of it is not that straightforward, right? You just can't implement it as is. There has to be a little bit of more investment out there. And we've seen some firms starting to do that a lot more. Um, as AG Analytics, it's obviously a big avenue for our interest as well on how FTTA plays out in terms of taxonomies and standardization. Because once that piece of standardization, like what are the rules of accounting are in place, scraping becomes a much easier exercise. The way AI plays a role for me is, is, is almost second tier right now, the way I think about it, right? The first one is document scraping in general. We've all heard the word OCR or optical character recognition, right? If you think about PDFs in our space, there are text-based PDFs, what we call true PDFs, right? Which you can easily control find in today. And there are image-based PDFs. Um, OCR technologies in general have gotten better to be able to scrape these image-based PDFs where a lot of more effort goes in today than text-based PDFs to be able to scrape that data. The second piece, once you scrape that data, is actually normalizing it, right? So you have two issuers. One issuer calls it cash. The other calls it cash and investments. The third may have two different line items for cash and investments. How do you normalize that, right? AI can play a big role out there, but there are other ways to get there as well is like around building better logic in your system to normalize these data sets. So um, I think in a nutshell, AI plays a big role, but uh, there are other technologies which it's going to complement to be able to provide a more wholesome solution to structure this data. Um, and yeah, the jury's still out on what that final outcome with FDTA looks like. Um, I've been on one of the working panels with NFMA discussing that topic and it's a big concern across the market, right? Not just from an issuer, but also from an investor standpoint, where you don't get the skinny down version, which uh, is it checks the box, but then is it really usable and valuable to um, to an analyst? Do these emerging technologies play a factor in firms who are skeptical of either adopting it or exploring the potential of OCR or? artificial intelligence methodologies? I think I think it, it comes down to this. Uh, I don't know who I was talking to, but uh, you know, AI is a great example, right? AI is like uh, the ending of Sopranos, right? Um, everyone talks about it. Everyone's excited, but very few people get it. And that's what happens with uh, new technologies as such, right? There's this, this lack of understanding and education on how they can like fit into um, your workflow. Um, and I think that's that's something that it's getting better. As I said, like the cultural shift has happened. There are more and more people who want to onboard better technology and figure it out, especially given that the market dynamics have changed, right? I mean, let's talk about SMA again. Um, your, your fees are being squeezed significantly. So uh, you need to find better ways to, to your point, Matt, do more with less. Um, so um, there is there's apprehension just due to lack of understanding, but I think it's it's getting better in in our market. Um, but I'd love to I'd love to definitely see more of that happening. The market's definitely improving, and I kind of want to stay a little bit on that topic of challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, in your opinion, what do you view as the key challenges that municipal practitioners are facing, and where do you see technology helping them? 
Um, yeah, so um, I'll stick to that same like data analytics and workflow paradigm, right? I think um, one of the key challenges, as I said, is uh, bringing all this data together. And, and a big piece of that is that data generation piece. So uh, we need to we need to start unpacking these PDFs a lot better than we can, right? And, and OCR or data scraping can work in two ways. The easier, the low-hanging fruit right now is the financial data piece, right? Bringing that in, um, the challenge out there lies on the, um, the normalization part. But if we take a step back in terms of credit research, there's a lot more other information in PDFs today, which is uh, not financial data, right? So maybe qualitative factors or informations, you know, coming from the, the management discussion and analysis piece or the notes of the financials or understanding news and litigation. So there's this whole avenue of unstructured data where there's huge benefits uh, for uh, technology. And again, easier said than done, but a huge avenue just given the, the sheer number of documents that an analyst deals with. Um, on the corporate side, we all see, um, you know, gen AI based uh, or, or, or just general machine learning or NLP, natural language processing based uh, companies scraping through all of these PDF documents. And that hasn't really unpacked in our market yet. Um, but there's there's a big avenue out there. Uh, and beyond, I think beyond the fundamental credit analysis, um, research analysts in, in our market um, have to do so much more than, you know, what's typically part of their, you know, job, right? So a great example is climate analysis. Um, you know, that's become a huge part of the discussion now. Uh, we're, you know, we're part of the hurricane here in, in California, extreme heat weather is happening, um, storm surge. Um, and that's become more and more ingrained part of their analysis. And, and the challenge comes with that is, I'm a research analyst, but now I'm supposed to be a climate analyst as well, right? So um, very similar to how it used to be with pensions back in 2012, 2013, right? So there are these added lenses of analysis that keep getting added on, which um, are just adding to the burden of, of pain points um, and, and continues to increase that swiveling where, again, technology, bringing in all this information in one singular system and being able to standardize or, or systemize your analysis has huge benefits. So one thing I continue to ask myself and some of the other folks we're speaking with is if there are specific standards and there are different methodologies to adhere to these standards, wouldn't in theory all of these firms are operating on their own version of what they think is correct? How, how do you see this playing out down the line? Um, I think it's a, it's a great question. I, I, I don't see that, that, that changing a lot in terms of you know every every firm's going to have its own way of analyzing and and you know managing workflows right i think we're we're definitely coming to terms on certain things right so in when we talk about like fundamental credit analysis as an example as well there's definitely agreement on what are the key credit metrics people look at what are um the key demographic metrics people look at there's there's almost like a standardization to a certain degree that's happening but beyond that there's always going to be a flavor of customization you know bespoke analysis that every firm's going to do so you know i think <laughs> It's it's interesting. Like this is the conversation we always have, right? Like flexibility versus scalability, and how do you find the right balance between the two? Um, from a technological perspective, as AG Analytics, a lot of our focus has been to build the right platforms, which are modular in such a way that 
people can bring in their own analysis, but then can, in a no-code, low-code way, implement them efficiently within the system, right? And, and that's the thesis where we're operating under. So I think long story short, I know I gave a winded answer out there, Matt, but uh, there's going to be some overlap, but I think to a certain degree, um, there is going to be this bespoke nature of analysis that every firm is going to continue doing. I imagine you have seen firsthand specific entities who are still manually combing through thousands of pages of documents and trying to understand it versus other firms who are now leveraging modern solutions to be more efficient. So generally speaking, tell me, how can practitioners actually prepare themselves for the shift of technological solutions that are underway? And how does it play a factor in hiring great talent and growing your firm in the long run when now everyone is on a race to adopt these technologies? That's a, I think that's the most important question we as an industry can ask ourselves, right? I think technology should not be thought of as, as solutions in, in like looking for problems, um, but rather we as an entity need to focus on how can we do things better and faster, right? And um, I mean, you must have heard this quote, which is repeated in many like, you know, tech conversations, at least that I've I've been part of is every company is a technology company now, right? I think that's the most important thing everyone needs to focus on first, right? Um, whatever our byproduct or outcome may be, we're a tech company, um, no matter what, right? We're in a world of software today. So first thing, you know, like, let's have a mind shift or change that mindset towards tech is not a back office operation anymore, right? It's a core business enabler. Now, based on that, you start thinking about making tech as part of your strategy, right? If I want to get from, you know, X to Y, um, I need to keep having that conversation of how can I set the processes? How can I have the human resources and how can I have the technological resources to achieve that better, faster, and at scale? Um, so it's, you know, uh, I remember one of my um, other startups I've worked at and, and this VC comes in and, and he said this beautiful thing. It's like technology is man-machine symbiosis, right? Humans and technology need to work together to be able to deliver a, a really good value proposition in any industry for that matter. So I think that mind shift needs to happen a little more. Um, and, and this idea on technology is not a replacer, but an enabler, right? So what it allows, what, what technology and automation really allows you to do is redeploy human efforts towards more important business critical goals, right? Let's let's take their time away from uh, um, the mechanical things or the manual things that they're doing. And that's really been part of how we try to think as a, an organization um, and a startup as well, right? If I can do things, if, if I'm a tech company and I need to produce products for other company, I need to be tech enabled internally as well. So that's the first piece, right? From a cultural standpoint. The second is implementation, right? Um, Ideas are cheap. Execution is the name of the game. And uh, think of technology as an incremental solution. It's not going to be an all or nothing game, right? You want to focus on, you know, building a small use case, test the proof of concept, and then build it out. So that way you're not over-investing upfront without knowing the outcomes. And you're able to iterate on the processes as you build it. And like we all hear the word agile in software development a lot, right? I think thinking in agile ways to you know, conceptualize and implement technology small and then scale it up is absolutely important because it takes away that 
overwhelming nature of what technology means. Um, and, uh, you know, this, this running joke, I, I, you know, my wife asks me, what the hell is a muni market? She has little idea about what I do. Um, she's in the healthcare industry, but I, I keep explaining her munis is like organic chemistry. It's full of exceptions, right? So uh, technologies um, are not going to solve everything immediately, but if you can get there 80% of the way, it helps you redeploy your time towards other important things. Um, so that's going to be my last thing. And, and in terms of hiring talent, I think you're on the right track. I think that the, the skill set is changing to a certain degree. New analysts, interns, um, mentees that I talk to, I try to make them more, um, you know, I mean, Python is the new Excel, right? Let's think of it that way or any other programming language. You need to be able to deal with big data the way you dealt with Excel 10 years ago. And I'm still a big proponent of Excel, but uh, it starts to have certain limiting factors with, you know, when it comes to big data. And actually, um, Microsoft just announced that they're going to have Python running within Excel today or yesterday. So that's going to be fun. But I think improving those skill sets, bringing in technological and quantitative resources, and you're seeing that at some firms, right? Like um, firms that are ahead on the technology game are having traders or credit analysts work hand in hand with quants or, or data scientists and building like a more um, wholesome team, which is both, you know, human um, effort and technical effort focused at the same time. Are there any activities that are still taking place in the market that just surprise you? And you're just like, why are we still doing it this way? <laughs> I, I keep saying control F, uh, right? It's like, um, I, I still remember when I joined Muni's and I was at one of my first Muni conferences um, and, and someone said, look at the technological innovation we've had, um, we can now control find in PDFs. And, and that just blows my mind. <laughs> um, I think, um, you know, I think we're we're still doing a lot of this manual labor, and and I know I'm I'm a broken record when I say this, but there are better and and ways to get there, and uh, I think more and more people are realizing it. It's just helping them find the right tools. So I would say, the hand spreading numbers is something that uh, definitely um, you know gets my attention a lot, and uh, and I keep saying like I wanna I wanna be an analyst, not a data wrangler, and and that's the the focus I want to have as an analyst. So. Uh, um, yeah, that's, that's, I think, going to be the, the big pet peeve of mine. <laughs> well, Abhishek, it's been absolutely incredible to have you on today. Your insights, your focus on watching the market evolve and playing a very active role in the future and evolution. View AG Analytics. Take a look. Let us know what you think. And Abhishek, we look forward to seeing new things roll out on your side. Thanks for joining us. For sure. We're excited here. And Matthew and Michael, thank you for uh, the opportunity. Um, this was great. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Muni Matrix by MuniChain. To be a guest or recommend a topic, please contact the Muni Matrix at munichain.com. Stay tuned for another episode.